You today, if you have your iPad, your iPhone, whatever you have that you use as, as, a, as a way for your, your, to seek out God's Word and His Scripture. And uh, we're going to take our Bible. We have a Bible decree that we say every single week here at this church. And you know, if we don't have the Word of God, we have nothing. It's just, what's those scriptures say? Like a tingling, tangling, bong, cymbal, making a bunch of noise. I don't want you to hear noise today. I want you to hear the Word. For we have come before the Lord today to open up His Holy Word. So as we do that, if you'll just take your Bible and hold it nice and high, and we'll say this together. This is my Bible, God's Holy Word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. Amen. Today we're going to be talking about a topic that I think is so important in the church, in our families, in the workplace. It's called tearing down or building up. Many of us understand that we are de- dealt harsh cards when you're little people. Sometimes what our parents have to say, what our peers have to say, the influences of our cousins sometimes determine our outcome of where we're at and what we're doing in our life. But I'm here today to encourage you to know that you are loved in Christ, that you are highly favored, you are anointed, you're not a victim, you are a victor. You are a child of the Most High God and you have favor with Him. For God is good. And all the time. Hallelujah. Let's pray together. Father God, we come before you today. Lord, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for this message. We thank you for what you're going to do and how the outcome is going to take place. Father, I just want to be a vessel used for your honor. I want you to hide me behind the cross in your shadows. And Father, I pray that whatever is said will be done and said to glorify your name, your church, The kingdom of God. So, Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who came and who died, who rose the third day to give us hope and life. Father, we realize that you're the the way, the truth and the life. And so today we as a congregation, as a body, we stand as one to say we are here to seek your face, not your hands. Lord, we're thankful for this giving day that we can give back what you've given to us. So, Father, we thank you for your church and we thank you for your people. We thank you for your word. And, Lord, we just pray that it will resonate and that we'll apply it to our hearts and in our minds and into our lives as we dig deep into your word. In your holy name we pray. Amen. I want you to look to the person to the right and left of you. And here's what I want you to say if you'll do this with me. I'm glad you're here today. Now, I want you to look to the person to your left and right and say, Happy Thanksgiving. Now, I'm going to have you say this. Are we ready? Now, you're going to look to the person to your left or your right and say, You are loved. By God. Go ahead. Help me out here. And as you smile real big, you can look at him and say, And by me. See, that wasn't that hard. I tell everybody all the time, we don't have to like our family members. We get to love them. That's just the way it goes. Some of them. Anyhow, Romans chapter 15, verse 2. Romans chapter 15, verse 2. 
And as you turn in your Bible there in the New Testament, I'm going to be talking about two different points here this morning about how we have a, a tendency to tear down people or build them up. I love that what God has done, and as, as I give kind of a, a preamble as a, an introduction to this message, I want you to know that God has placed this message in your life at this appointed time today for you. And I'll tell you why. Because two weeks ago, my wife says, would it be okay if I kind of challenged the ladies? I found something that I think would be really good in our small groups at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings where the ladies meet, the men meet, the children meet. We all come together and we're challenged in the Word. And if you can't make it at that time, I understand and, and I know circumstances, time restraints and so forth. But if you can, you are invited by me to come and be a part of it. What a great study we had today. It was called The Goal of Chatter. I didn't realize that yesterday when I was at the church that God speak, started speaking to my heart. And I said, well, God, what is it that you want me to, to preach? And for many of you know this, I, if I do a series, I do a series because God's laid it on my heart. And that's how I preach it. It's been very few and far between at this church that I have pulled out from the archives some of my old messages. And I remember standing out there and I remember being in here that... I was kind of meditating and thinking on some of uh, the points to how I wanted to put together a message. And God said, you're not teaching that message tomorrow. So I said, okay. He goes, you're going to pull something old out of the archives. I said, I am. And this is how he and I talk. We have a relationship. And he said, yes. And I said, okay. And then I got home and. Again, that thought came to my mind and I'm, you know, I'm still thinking, oh, it's just me. You know, that old thing that, oh, is that really the Lord? And I knew it was the Lord because he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go downstairs. I want you to pull out all of your messages. And I want you to start going through them. And on number four, he didn't waste any time. The fourth one down that was preached in August 10th of 2008 and March of 2011, we're going to revisit this message today that God laid on my heart. So as a group of people were leaving yesterday, I looked at him because I already knew what God was already moving and stirring within my spirit. I yelled at him and said, God has something great in store for you tomorrow. I think Debbie turned around and said, because it's coming from you. Is it you that said that or Chris? I couldn't remember, you know, yesterday as we were all leaving. And I said, not for me, from God. So we'll see what God has for all of us. But I got validation today because our Sunday school message, our small group, Lesson and interaction was all about building up and tearing down. And I had forgotten that. And I had forgotten till last night she printed it up and she and I were having coffee this morning, kind of going through some thoughts and how to interact with the group and to open up God's word. And it was just so cool because the Bible says, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth, but that which is for the edification of somebody else. And I loved that I was challenged in that because we're all so quick to tear people down. Perception is everything. Be very careful how you perceive something because it may not be reality. And so as God was doing this and I'm going through this, I said, God, you have such a, a cool sense of humor and direction. And I love this. And so today I'm just excited because how this is going to come out, only he knows. But I want you all to know something that if you just take something from this, God has something special for you today. In Romans 15, 2, it says, let every one of us please his neighbor, for it's good to edification. It's good for building up. If you read the headlines, you become discouraged because everywhere you turn, people are tearing down integrity, truth, honesty, respect, and hope. 
And here the Apostle Paul talked about times like this in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. And if you want to turn over 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. And I really do believe that Paul's descriptive list of behavior in this last day describes truly our society. Here's what it says in 2 Timothy chapter 3. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. They shall be covetous, which means money lovers. They shall be boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. In verse 3 it says, without natural affection. Truce breakers, which means irreconcilable, false accusers, slanderers, incontinent, they do not have self-control, they're fierce, they're brutal, despisers of those that are good. Verse 4 says they're traitors, they're reckless, high-minded, haughty, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. It's, think about that. They have the form of godliness, but they turn away from it because we exhibit all of the characteristics and attributes that Paul was speaking of here. Check your life against Paul's list. Don't give in to society's pressures. Don't settle for comfort without commitment. Stand up against evil by living as God would have his people live. I want to talk to you about something better. You see, the word of edification in the Bible is made up of two words. One word is oikos, which means house, and the other word is domio, which means to build. It is often used in the Bible of the literal process of building a house. Our Lord, who, has a, who was a carpenter by profession, knew how to do this. And the Bible tells us that just like a building is built up, we must build up the body of Christ through how we function with one another. How we treat one another. And how we encourage one another. When you walk out into the world, you walk into an environment that automatically tears you down. And many of us come to church for one big common goal, to be built back up to encourage one another. According to 1 Corinthians 3 and 9, we are God's building. We are built up externally through evangelism and we are built up internally by strengthening, encouraging, and ministering to the members of the body so they have the strength to go on and to serve God in a world that is hostile to everything we believe. So the question is this this morning. So how do we build one another up? Through edification, through encouragement. Promoting one another, building one another up. You know, one of the things that I love as a pastor is to watch people grow spiritually. We can live dead, we can live not alive in Christ, but if you want to grow spiritually, then you'll dig into the Word of God. And you start to develop. We pour into people's life because we love them. Romans 14.19 says, let us therefore follow after peace and things wherewith one may edify or build up one another. How many of you say, 
I love peace. Oh, there's nothing greater than peace, is there? What a wonderful, wonderful feeling. You know, I, I teach people this in counseling. You come to counseling, I'll say, you have to be very, very careful because within counseling, it's very easy to put up walls. So we grab a brick, we lift that brick up, we go over, we set it down, we grab our bucket, we lift it up, we put the mortar on it, and then we go back, we grab another brick, and we put it down, and we pick up, put more mortar on there, we grab another brick, and so on and so forth, till all of a sudden you have built... A wall so big that you can't get out of your wall. It's so damaging to your life. What is happening? You are now enclosed and it's so difficult because you don't know what it's like to exhibit the love of God. You have to be very careful how high the walls become because when pain and suffering take place in your life because of what other people said, it divides those relationships. It's very difficult to, to, to tear down a brick piece by piece. You have to take a sledgehammer to it. There is pain that is associated with tearing down. So be very careful what you say, how you say it. Think the process through. Help people to be built up in Christ. There's nothing worse than, and I was sharing with the guys this morning, I said when somebody is a part of your life, And everything that seems to proceed out of their mouth is corrupt and which is the opposite of edifying and to encouraging you from becoming a better human being, a better child of God, just a better person. So we do one of these numbers. And I gave this little illustration this morning. We dodge them. Keep me away from the toxic individual. You all laugh like I'm the only one who's ever done that. We've all been there. We've been there in our families. We've been there in our marriages. We've been there in our churches. And we forget what it's like. One of my favorite stories of all time was the three little pigs. And in the three little pig story, hello, in the three little pig story, I was falling for Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And uh, in the three little pig story there, we, we know the story. There's a straw house. There's a wood house. And there's a brick house. And at the straw house, all of a sudden, the little pig goes in there because he feels a sense of safety, of warmth. And he's like, man, I'm just going to bask in my new straw house. Till all of a sudden, the enemy shows up. And all of a sudden, his words start to corrupt the peace and contentment of that little pig. And outside that door, there we go. Did you guys see that? Outside that door is the big, bad wolf. And he goes up to that little pig. And you know what he wants to do? He wants to huff and puff and blow the house down. So he turns around and... And the straw house goes a-tumbling down. And what happens? That little pig... I, I, you know, I didn't have to go through the door this time. The house is tumbled and that little pig goes over to the wood house, opens up the door, goes in, shuts it and looks at his buddy and says, I am so glad. I love you. Thank you so much for having me in your home. You're such an encouragement. You are awesome. You rock. Guess what happened to me? 
He's like, what happened to you? He said, you're not going to believe this. I just had to add that in there. You're not going to believe this, that the big bad wolf, he came and huffed and puffed and he blew our house down. Everything he said, I just felt so vulnerable and I, I felt weak and it was, it was the most awful thing I ever felt. Guess what happened? All of a sudden, the big bad wolf comes and he stands outside that wood house and he says, I'm going to huff. I'm going to puff and I'm going to. Down they go. And those two little pigs that were in there encouraging one another, standing side by side, looked the big bad wolf in the eye and went, ah, and turned and ran to the brick house. And they got to the brick house, they opened up the door, and they said, hello, buddy. And that buddy said, hello, friends. And they said, what are you doing here? Well, we found peace and love and contentment. And you're our friend, you're our brother. You know, you just, you got to understand just how important it is that we're here, there's safety. He's like, well, why did you come in so scared and afraid? They said, listen. The big bad wolf start. Thank you, Larry. Started, <laughs> started coming, and he was going to destroy our homes, our life. I think he was going to eat us. And that big, awesome brother in that brick house looked at him and said, <laughs> "We'll show that big bad wolf." So all of a sudden, they got their vittles, their potatoes, they put it in that, that, that oven, and they said, as soon as, or in the fireplace, and said, as soon as he goes down that chimney, we will eat him instead of him eating us. By the way, here's my advertisement. Chris and Donnie, thank you so much for the pork. I'm so glad you found the, the three little pigs, because that was delicious yesterday at the craft show. I'm just telling you. Thank you, Lord, for pigs. Because it's all about food. It wasn't about the crafts for me. Although I spent an awful lot of money here. My goodness. What in the world was all that about? Anyhow, uh, by the way, I have this delicious pie that is awaiting for my whole body to intake that I bought out there. It's a cream cheese cake. Hmm. Wonder who made that, Cass. Anyhow, so with that being said, now they're in here. And all of a sudden... In walks who? The big bad wolf. So he walks over and he says, hello, you little piggies. Which one of you went to market? Because you're all three going to go today. (laughs) And so he huffed and he puffed and he couldn't blow the house down. And he said, you know, I'm going to go after him. I'm going to find another way to get in to destroy them. So he climbed up on the roof. He got to the chimney and down that chimney he went. And just like that, he was dinner. Watch the correlation. We need to think this through. It's just like our enemy. He becomes the big bad wolf in our life. And then he comes in to destroy and to tear down everything that our Savior has tried to do to build you up. He went to the cross 
And he died for us. And in the scriptures, it says that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And there is hope in him. If there is hope in Jesus Christ, then we have to embrace that when he says, listen, I am here to fight your battles. I am here to help you get through it. I am here to help you put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the ways, the schemes, and the scams of the devil, of the big bad wolf. I am here to help you because you are highly favored. You are a winner, not a whiner. You're a victor, not a victim. You are a child of the Most High God, and you have favor with me because as a father loves his son, so does God love his son, Jesus Christ, and he came to a cross to die for us to give us life. So we look at point number one, edification. Edification is not about yourself, it is about the saints. It is more important to learn to build ourselves up, but when we see the word edification in the Bible, the major emphasis is on building others up. I'm called to build you up. You're called to build me up. We're called to build one another up. We can become experts at tearing down and criticizing, yet we are to build one another up. So what does it say in 1 Corinthians 10.23? It says, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. Not all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but all things are for edification. We must build up one another. Verse 24 says, let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth or well-being. That's what it means. Not go after his wealth. Let's seek after one another's wealth. When this young man came in today, Raymond, I noticed right away, he has the coolest haircut in this whole building. Sorry, Donnie, yours looks good, but Raymond's is on point. If I could only get that in my head, just like you did. Okay, you got a card. You are the man. It better be from LaBelle's because this guy over here sells LaBelle's to everybody in this church, okay? So anyhow, I'm here to say, everybody needs encouragement, right? Everybody needs encouragement. We do things. It's not for us. And this Thanksgiving, be thankful that we can give something to someone else that normally it's, you know, people act like it's so hard to say, I love you today. I love seeing you. Man, church wouldn't be the same if you weren't there. It'd be kind of hard to preach to myself in this room. And I love that the scripture says, for two or more gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. I don't want to speak to myself. Lord knows I do enough of that all by myself. And when I start reasoning with myself, the outcome does not seem to be very well or very good. Paul is talking here in regard to the weaker brother and sister in the Lord. We should always be sensitive and gracious. So many of you say, well, what do you mean, pastor? Where, where are you going with this? While some actions may not be wrong, they may not be in the best interest of others. While we have freedom in Christ, we shouldn't exercise others' freedoms at the cost of hurting a Christian brother or sister. We shouldn't, I'm sorry, exercise our freedom at the cost of hurting a Christian brother or sister. Be very careful what you say. First Thessalonians 5.11 says, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together. Come together with encouragement for one another. And it says also in First Thessalonians 5.11, And to edify, to build up one another, even as also you do. How many, do we have runners in this room? Oh, go. I run everywhere. I run off this platform down here into the aisle, back up. I run back down. And yesterday I ran all over this building. My pace was a little slower than most, but I'm not in a race. 
You know, how many of you have ever felt in a race that your legs start to ache? I hate that feeling. That's when I gave it up years ago. I said, I don't want to run. Why do I want my legs to feel like rubber? Why do I want to run to have pain? That's not even fun for me. Eating cheesecake and having a great pork sandwich is wonderful for me. That is what I talk about is great in the race. (laughs) We realize that when our body screams and cries out for you to stop, we need to stop. When I used to water ski, it was, it was kind of cool because in water skiing, you know, we would go up and go through. If, if you've ever slalomed, there's balls that are, are lined up on the side, and then you've got this path up the center. And then so the boat goes up the center, and then you cross back and forth. So we would make two, two rounds on there uh, in the ski boat, and then I would stop, and we would do like this, which means stop the boat, and I want to take a rest. But that feeling of anxiety and that feeling of tiredness and that feeling of, uh, I just want to give up. The only way I ever achieved that next level was to have fans, to have people that are around me cheering me on to say, you can go another round. You can make it to the end of the race. You can do it. You can do it. You can. You can. When we feel like we have no more energy. When we feel like we can't do it any longer, we have to rest assured that Christian, that we are there to encourage one another, to uplift one another. To say, you know what? I'm glad you're here. Patty and Billy, it's great to see you here. CJ, I'm, I'm so happy you're here. There's no better place than to be in the house of God. They asked me this morning, Pastor, are you always, Larry put it like this, this happy and full of joy? What he really wanted to say is, Pastor, are you always this crazy? And I said, and I answered, yes. Why can't we be happy when we come into the house of God? We get filled up with Xbox. We get filled up with TV, with CSI, CIA, CPA, CLB, OBGYNs, and all kinds of stuff that go on. I don't know, but that is just the way I look at it. Did that just come out like that? That is not what I wanted to say. And when I tell people that when you get up behind this pulpit, you never know what's going to be said, I'm glad that God does. Welcome to New Hope. Woo! Wow. Can we turn that fan on high? Wow. Thank you. TV and broadcasts, let me keep, stay on point, do not encourage us. They tear us down. You know, Envy also does the same thing. Oh, help me, Jesus. Look around you, be sensitive to others, need for encouragement and edification. I just lost everything in this message. You are all like, help me, Lord. You're like, and this is why pastor was on vacation last week. Thank you, Sam. Oh, boy. And like I said, I started off by saying, when you said I was full of joy, yes, I guess I am crazy. I don't know. Woo! Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that you may minister grace unto the hearers. Point number two. It is not what you profess, it is what you pursue. Follow after peace. And things where one may build up another.
If I were to ask you today, how many of you, goodness, are builder uppers and how many of you are tear downers? Most would say, I am a builder. I am positive. But building up is something you've got to work at. And I'm amazed at how easily I can get into a conversation with friends, church family, and later realize how sarcastic or critical I was of someone. And I think we've all been there. It's easy to say things offhand and tear people down. But remember, 1419 tells us to pursue the things that make for peace by which one may edify another. We have to do it intentionally. It won't happen accidentally. We have to encourage one another. We have to say, you know what, I'm glad you're here. Man, I, you know, when I was just a youth pastor and a minister of music, one of the things I would do is I would walk through the, the say hi to everybody and encourage them. And for the last 14 years, I love that I get a chance to really interact and be with all of you. Because we're here on this day. This is the Lord's Day that we honor in America to build one another up. I need, I need build up as much as you need build up. And I am thankful you're here. In Ephesians 4.31 it says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all wickedness. And here's what you pursue. In verse 32 of Romans, I mean Ephesians 4, it says this, And be a kind one to another tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. It's so hard. But church, let me explain this to you. If I hurt this lady right here, it's up to me to forgive her. Because if I hold bitterness, it only harms me, not her. She may not even have that offense with me. She may not... She may not even know what she's done, but true love and forgiveness, being tender-hearted, loving, kind, helps me to walk in victory. We harbor so much bitterness and so much hate for people that we fail to realize our worth in Christ. And when Satan comes in as the big bad wolf to tear down your life, and to make you believe something that somebody said to hurt that individual or to tear them down, if you are in this room and you're tearing people down, then I want you to really search out your heart and seek out your heart. Because in the scriptures, Paul was saying, be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Because I'll tell you this, if you start pointing a finger, let me give you a demonstration. There's three pointing back. Watch, 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 watch. And as you both grow together and you love one another, you'll find the, the peace and contentment that comes with encouragement, with edification, with building people up. Remember, what you pursue becomes your purpose. What you pursue becomes your purpose. And if you woke up today singing zippity doo da, I'm going to church and I feel good that I get to encourage people, then that's the attitude you're going to have. But if you get up and you say to yourself, oh, brother, back to church. I just can't handle it anymore. It's boring in that place. They stand up. They sit down. They stand up. They sit down. I'm sick of it. I don't like it. Then all of a sudden, somebody next to you looks at you and goes, I was so depressed today, I couldn't make it without you. And you're swearing like this, down here like this. Then all of a sudden, you pop up and you're like, good to see you. 
You try to become happier, but we need that encouragement. We need that edification. Church, the battle's real. The fight is real. The junk we deal with every day is real. We need one another. We need to be the church that when people walk through those doors, they can say the very thing that my dear friend, my cousin, who's in this room, Aura from Pottville, Kentucky, said to me, this church is friendly. Well, she said it to me. She goes, this church is friendly. And I knew it right then. Yep, that's my kin. Our family's from Pikeville, and I'm just blessed to have her here. She came to the craft show yesterday. If people can see that you have the love of Christ in your life, you're doing well. Number three, we have one more point after this. It's not about how much you know. It's about how much you care. It's not about how much you know. It's about how much you care. 1 Corinthians 8 one says, Now as touching or concerning things offered unto idols... We know that we all have knowledge, knowledge puffeth up, but charity, love, edifies. It builds up. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. There's an old adage that says no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Edification isn't about how smart you are, nor about how many courses you have taken in school or seminary. Edification starts primarily in the heart where you look out and see people and love them. Wow. Love is more important than knowledge. Knowledge can make us look good and feel important, but we can all too easily develop an arrogant attitude, know-it-all attitude. Many people with strong opinions are unwilling to listen. To and learn from God and others. We can obtain God's knowledge on It's okay. I got this. Let me shut that off. We can obtain God's knowledge only by loving Him, and we can know and be known by God only when we model Him by showing love. Here's what 1 John chapter 4 says. You can turn me down if you would, please. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. And and I'm going to say this today. It's Thanksgiving. Sometimes we have to let go of ourselves so that God can start working in us the love of God. A preacher once asked an actor why he had such large audience, and he, the preacher, had only a small audience at the church. I act as if I believe in what I say, said the actor, while you preach as if you did not believe what you're saying. Do you feel the same way? Listen, church, as brothers and sisters in Christ, does your family know how much you care? Do they see it? Is it evident in your life? Is it evident in your walk and in your talk? Who are you influencing? Number four, and the last point before we close. It's not about your gifts. It's about your goals. I believe everyone has a spiritual gift, but once you know your gift, don't forget what it's for. There's a sense in which our spiritual gift ought to be incidental. It's what you do that counts. Good job. I told our praise team, I said, you know, I love their heart. I did. I said this back in the room and I prayed for you. 
I said today with Pastor Luke being gone, I don't care if I have to sing a cappella. They'll never forget this Sunday service. That I appreciate what God does and how he brings people together. Sometimes the turkey meal does not come out like we want it to. Sometimes the potatoes are a little bit runny. Sometimes they're a little bit more lumpy. Sometimes the cranberry sauce didn't taste like it did the year before. But no matter what, we're all still in the living room. And we're all thankful to be with one another over the holidays. And I know for some this holiday is going to be rough because you're not with your loved one. But rest assured, they knew Jesus Christ. That they're with a Heavenly Father who loves them more than we can ever fathom or imagine. And that's the love of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 18 says, But now God hath set the members, every one of them, in the body as it pleased him. And then he says in verse 31, But desire earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. The excellent way is charity and is of love. 1 Corinthians 14, 26 says this, How is it then, my brother and my sister, when you come together, every one of you, you have a song, you have a song, you have doctrine, you have a tongue, you have revelation, you have interpretation. Let all things be, do, be done to edifying. So what is your goal? What is your ultimate goal in your Christian life? What is it you want to do? How is it you want to incorporate the principles that you've learned, the Christ you've come to fall in love with? How is it that you exemplify that to others this holiday season? Because you see, it's not about your wisdom. It's about his word. It's not about our wisdom. It's about his word. And I love this, this verse in James 1, 21. It says, wherefore, put aside, lay apart all filthiness and abundance of wickedness, and receive with meekness the engrafted and planted word which is able to save your soul. And the finale comes when he says, be doers of the word, not just hearers. People may tear you down, but church, I'm here to build you up. And today, God had this message for you to say this. For those to believe in St. Mattress and Brother Boxspring, you will never grow in the grace and knowledge at St. Matthew. It doesn't happen. People will say to me, oh, I had my quiet time. That's great. I had my group time today, and I needed my group therapy. Paul knew the value. He already was in a jail cell. He knew what it was like sitting in there by himself. It was him and the Holy Spirit. When Paul and Silas were in that room and they started praising the Lord and they started getting excited and they started saying great things and edifying one another and encouraging one another, they knew right then that something was going to happen because they were having church up in there. And when you have church, miracles start taking place, action starts taking place, and God starts to move. Don't just be idle. Build up one another. Edify one another. Encourage one another. The rest of my life, for all of my daughters that are four, will turn to eight.
It's my job now. God help those boys. That I pour into them. I'm always preaching to them. I know I'm. it's rough, but you've got the rest of your life to deal with it. Pour into it. Edify and encourage them to be awesome. To be good. To be better. To be greater than they ever were before they came into my life. And when people walk away from you, do they feel the same way about you? Do they feel the same way about, wow, that person wasn't about being selfish and angry. It was about, man, that person just being in their presence. Man, they they just encouraged me. Let me ask you a question. What does Jesus want us to do this week? I think he wants us to be builders, to be edifiers, people who are committed to strengthening the body. Let me just say this to you. I need this church. I need you. I need you. I need your strength. I need your help. I need your encouragement. And I know that each and every one of you need that from one another. Ask God, first of all, to build you up through his word so you then can have a ministry in building them up in the things of the Lord. I love the story of the geese, and this will be my last story, and then we'll stand and, and have altar call. How many of you have ever noticed when you look into the clouds, when geese migrate, they form a V-shape? How many of you have seen that? Right. To us on the ground, it is a thing of beauty, but to the geese, it is essential for survival. If you watch them, you will observe that at certain intervals, relative to the strength of the wind, the lead bird who is doing the most work by breaking the force of the wind against him will drop off and fly at the end of the formation. It's been discovered that flapping wings create an uplift of air and the effect is greater at the rear of the formation. So the geese take turns uplifting one another. So by cooperating and working together, the geese achieve long migrations that otherwise would be exceedingly difficult for even the strongest. It is in a similar manner that God has called us as his people. As believers in Christ, we are to lift up one another through prayer, through words, through actions. We're to share material means and heart-to-heart friendships in caring and in love. And we can go further in godliness than we ever would be able to if we attempt our pilgrimage all alone. What you pursue becomes your focus. Let's rise to our feet. And in this room, with every head bowed and every eye closed, have you pursued Jesus Christ? Did you come to church thinking, I'm going to gain? Or did you come to church saying, I'm going to give? This Thanksgiving, have you offered your services to your loved ones that are working and sweating to prepare a meal that takes a lot of time and effort and love? Or have you said, here am I? We need to build a house. In church, I speak... That I don't want this church to close tomorrow, next year, in 20 years or 50. I want the gospel of Jesus Christ to continue to keep going and going and going. Because we have, as a body, identified our gifts. We dove deep into his word. 
we understand our worth in Christ. Church, you are a winner. You are valuable, very, very valuable. You are highly favored. You are a victor. And you are a child of the Most High God. And if today you are not, would you come to Jesus Christ? If you do not know 100% sure that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, would you come to Him today? And let me admonish you with the love of God and show you and encourage you what it's like to walk in holiness. That's the love of our God. Let us pray. Father, we come before you and before we sing this song, we realize the the cost of the cross. And Father, I thank you for this word and the reminder, even for myself, to put aside self-centeredness. And to build up one another. Oh, how my anger has gotten in the way. And how my, my flesh has interfered with your spirit. So God, I come before you to say, please forgive me. I confess my sins before you. Help me, God, to be better and not bitter. Help me to be a better person. A better husband. A better son. A better father. Help me to be a better pastor. And just help me to be a better child. Of God. So God, I, I say the same request to petition before you for our church family. Lord, help us to be one. And when we get tired, not to just drop out of the great flight. But to drop behind. When we feel weak, that we can come before you and rally around those that we love, that we know that they are prayer warriors, that they're praying for us and over us. So God, we love you and we thank you that today... We have the great privilege to bow our knee and to say, God, help me. Help me to put aside the poison, the toxins, the, the sin that, that I've laid within my heart. And Lord, cleanse me and purify me. Help me to be better. Oh, God, I don't want to be bitter. So, Lord, I surrender my life to you today. And God, you know the hearts of those in your, in your church, here in your sanctuary, in your house. So, God, you brought him here at this appointed time to speak to them. So, Father, would you speak to them right now? Open up their heart. Open up their mind. Let them feel your presence. And if they don't know you as Lord and Savior, may they come to you today. In Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen. This altar call is open for you, and as we sing, it's called at the cross. You can fall at the foot of the cross because there is hope and there is victory in Jesus. Would you come?